the number of things that have to go right for professional sports longest active playoff streak to be extended to a 17th year is really long and I could also argue that it might be really short. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. Not coincidentally, I also happen to offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Penguins have done their part at least over the past two games. Beat the Wild. Went into Detroit, beat the Red Wings for the first time all season. And now they've got the Blackhawks tomorrow night. They've got the Blue Jackets in Columbus on Thursday night, two of the NHL's worst teams. And if I was talking about any other edition of the Penguins, I'd be saying, you know, well, those should those should be automatics. But we have no idea with this team. I like a lot of what I've seen. Over these past couple of games, I've seen legit 60-minute efforts. I've seen legit forecheck. I've seen legit tracking back by the forwards to help out the defenseman through the neutral zone. And then once they're stuck in their own end, I've seen some pretty good boxing out. I wasn't sure that I would. Power play hasn't been great, but it's been okay. It's gotten some results. Sid got a power play goal in Detroit. Penalty kill's been okay. It's been better than it's you know than it was before that. But there's nothing, nothing about this team that I like more right now than what we've seen of Tristan Jari over the past week. I'm not even gonna go where I'd been going before on this particular subject. But I could point out that the moment he was really, really, really forced to get out there and make a difference, he's done that. I don't know what it is about him. I have zero read on his personality. Been around him for years. Talked to him on the record, off the record, informally. Have no clue as to anything at all about him other than that he's the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is it. So I don't know what makes him tick, what makes him shut down, what makes him maybe not be able to withstand pain that others do. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that I've liked a lot of what I've seen of him these past couple games. And he, I was about to say singularly. It's it's never singular in team sports, but he, above anyone else, can make the biggest difference, not just in these next couple of games, but if the Penguins win those couple of games, and of course, Florida and or the Islanders drops a point somewhere along the way, then he's going to be, well, in this case, I think I can go singular. He's going to be the only thing that'll allow the Penguins a chance at beating Boston. Uh, the Bruins, of course, yesterday getting their 63rd regular season win, breaking the NHL record. Um, yeah, you're going to need a goaltender to steal that series if that series comes about. And no, I don't think there's any chance of the Penguins passing both of those teams and facing the Hurricanes. I think you're looking now at a dead certain situation where the Penguins would face 
Boston. But again, you know, Florida, New York, you get it. One way or another, Jari's got to be the guy. Uh, he's been very good in these past couple of games. He also wasn't tested a ton. Uh, the Wild didn't have a whole lot of great shots. They were officially given 11 high-danger chances to their credit. Uh, I didn't feel that, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to be in a great spot to dispute official stats, but I, I didn't feel that Minnesota's offense without uh, Kirill Kaprizov was all that threatening. And then in Detroit, he did have to make some good saves. The Red Wings do have talent up front, certainly on their top two lines. But it's not like he had to win the game. And I don't think he'll have to against the Hawks. And I don't think he'll have to against the Jackets either. But if this all works out and he goes out there against the Bruins and they can come at you with all four lines threatening you, and I'm talking about threatening you all night long, and that long-standing propensity that the Boston franchise has for just taking shots from everywhere and just pounding the net with the puck, including when they weren't any good, they would still run up 42, 44 shots and you wouldn't even think about it. They're constantly testing the goaltender. They're constantly keeping the goaltender on edge. So if, if you want to find some circumstance here that feels like hope, he's your guy. He's your guy. Uh, we can break down the entire Pittsburgh roster and say, well, here's why this one's important, and here's why this player is important, and that guy or this facet of the team, and none of it's going to add up to a single equivalent of Jari and the outsized role that he needs to play. I have been saying this, my friends, since last summer, since before training camp opened that the way this team was going to be composed, the way it wasn't going to have the kind of uh, defensive core that you'd want in 2023 because Ron Hextall just doesn't seem to think that mobile defense is important, whereas 31 other GMs do, you were going to need elite, not good, not very good, not great, elite goaltending to advance. They obviously didn't get that in the regular season, either from Jari or Casey DeSmith or anything close to it. But that's what they'd need now. And if if there's any tiny sliver of rosiness happening right now, it's that Jari seems to at least be moving in the right direction. Uh, we'll see if that stands, though. Uh, when we come back, J1Q... from Plank who says look I'm not going to say that Mike Sullivan stinks but there's a, a trend of fringe players going elsewhere and playing a lot better. Jared McCann's way better in Seattle. Brandon Tanev's having a career year there. Sam Lafferty's way better in Chicago. Kasperi Kapanen looks way better in St. Louis. Why is that? Well Plank anytime you ask about individual players improving especially when they're in scattered circumstances you're going to have a hard time finding 
some universal common way to answer it in each case. However, I do see your point. I just happen to think of it differently than so-and-so got better when they left Pittsburgh. Here's what I mean. Let's start with McCann. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Jared scored his 39th goal over the weekend. That's a three and a nine, his 39th goal. Losing McCann was the dumbest possible outcome from the Seattle expansion draft, and congratulations to Hextall for pulling off the dumbest possible outcome. That's where the blame for McCann lies. Did Sullivan utilize McCann uh, to the fullest? Absolutely not. Was Sullivan ever, ever, ever going to give McCann a chance on the top power play unit, even when McCann was scoring a bunch of power play goals for the Penguins? At one point, he was the only guy who could score a power play goal. No, that's on the head coach, but you don't get rid of the player. There's no circumstance under which you lose that player in that expansion draft while you're protecting Jeff Carter, 35 at the time, and Teddy Bluger. You just don't do that. But where I'll bite back here is this idea that McCann got better in Seattle. No, go back over his final few months in Pittsburgh, and you will see a player that was scoring at exactly that pace despite not being given the chances that he has with the Kraken. So he didn't get better. He got away from a coach who's too married to a small group, small portion of his roster, and he got away from a GM who has no idea what he's doing. Tanev is Tanev. Uh, Tanev is always going to get you 10, 12 goals unless he's put into an unusual circumstance where he can get some top six action, some power play action. That's going to happen more likely with an expansion team than it would with an established team like the Penguins. I'm just ecstatic for him. There are tons of reasons why you don't lose Tanev. And we saw that all season long with this whole Jason Zucker has to drag us into the fight nonsense. Nobody needed to drag Tanev into any fight. It was the other way around. Tanev actually made <laughs> he made Zucker look like he was lackadaisical. That's how much energy Tanev brought. You don't lose that guy. You certainly don't lose him for the sake of adding Brock McGinn, which is actually what Hextall did. Have I mentioned that he doesn't know what he's doing? Have I mentioned that yet? I always felt like Lafferty deserved a longer look. I was convinced very early in Lafferty's tenure with Pittsburgh, uh, based on a conversation that I had with Sullivan after a game in Winnipeg three years ago, that there was no chance Lafferty was going to ever get that here. That one I put on the head coach. Kapanen, I'm not buying what he's selling in St. Louis currently. I'm sorry. Get back to me after he has an 82-game season that's befitting someone of all his natural talent and his pedigree and where he was drafted and all that other stuff. I, I'm not buying a hot stretch. We saw him have hot stretches in Pittsburgh. You left out one, though. You left out Mike Matheson. And I really wish that that wouldn't happen. Uh, I have my own feelings on the Jeff Petrie trade. That probably wouldn't be real popular right about now because he hasn't played particularly well of late. But Matheson's 28 years old. And while that's not exactly, you know, childhood in hockey years, he had 
some of and still does in Montreal the most powerful and fastest skating legs on the planet. And for a team that was going to have a concern, a built-in concern about losing speed and getting older and everything else here, to go from the 28-year-old defenseman who can fly to a 36-year-old who it came with a, a few additional question marks, that's not a move that a good GM makes. It's just not. So I wouldn't leave that one out of the pack just because Matheson missed a fair amount of time for the Canadians this year with an unfortunate injury. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow in advance of what looks like a one-and-done against the Blackhawks. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.